Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also this time, please put away all carry-on items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello, Culturama listeners, and welcome to this exciting episode of Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. Again, Happy New Year to you all and all the best for 2021. Welcome to our first Inspirational Moment segment. And my guest today is Mrs. Francine Campbell Richards. Hi, Francine. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Happy New Year to you all, too. And this program is brought to you by Santo Entertainment, LTD, and Accessible Technology Solutions. Hello, my name is Saddam Ahmed and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprises. At Accessible Technology Solutions, we offer highly customized training for all your adaptive technology needs, whether it be JAWS for Windows, for someone who's recently gone blind, whether it's learning your Mac or harnessing the amazing potential of your iPhone using adaptive technology like VoiceOver. For more information, please visit us on the website www.accessibletechnologysolutions.com I'm Saddam underscore Ahmed 11 on Twitter at Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprise on Facebook or email us sadam at sadamahmed.com Accessible Technology Solutions Your problems, our solutions. program is produced and managed by Sydney Sizer Studio in Kingston, Jamaica. So Francine has a very interesting story. She is blind. Not only that, she is a kidney survivor. How did she do that? Let's hear now. So Francine, tell us about your life journey being sighted. I was sighted all my life until the age of 36 well actually 35 and um i went to all schools went to some college i graduated from a business school and got my associate's degree and um i was working a full-time job i was working at hospital for special surgery um as a medical transcriptionist in the pathology department and I did that for 10 years until I lost my sight in um, 2010, late 2010 into 2011. That's when I lost my sight before my 36th birthday. <laughs> well, I had a wonderful life, of course, <laughs> because I, you know, I could see, I learn everything I need to learn as a sighted person, you know, 
Um, I used to go away a lot. I even went to Jamaica a few times in my younger years, but not not since I became an adult. I haven't been there because I don't have much family left out there anymore. Um, and I just really enjoyed my life. I got married. I met my husband in 1995 um, when we were both 20 years old. And that was a beautiful thing. <laughs> we met 95, we got engaged in 99, and then we got married 2002 because of my mother's passing. We had to move it. Um, we had to move it back a little bit because she passed in 2000 and I couldn't really handle anything like that at the time. So I had to push it back to 2002 and we decided to get married then in November, November the 30th, we got married. And, you know, we had an enjoyable life. We both work a lot and, you know, live everyday life until I lost my sight um, late 2010 into 2011. When I discovered it one Christmas, I went out with my uncle and my aunt um, to Poughkeepsie. And, well, I actually discovered it a little bit before that, but um, I knew I was in a concert also and I realized that I couldn't see the book that I was singing from. So I just put the book down and just kept singing <laughs> as best as I could. And I was wondering what was going on. And finally, you know, it took play when I went to Poughkeepsie and I realized I couldn't see in the dark. And I think I went somewhere also. Um, and when I got back home, I missed my stop. The driver passed my stop and I had to get off at the next stop. And when I got off, it was nighttime, so I couldn't see to walk back to my building. So I had to call my husband. Luckily, he was home and he came and got me. And he was asking me, what's the matter? And I said, I can't see anything. And he's like, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know. So we was just confused with that for a while until I started to get sick. And then I ended up in the hospital. And then I discovered that my kidneys were failing and I had to end up on dialysis. You are from a Jamaican family. Tell us a little bit about your history, your Jamaican history. Well, <laughs> my mom, my mom is from... Um, Catadupa St. James, which is in the country part. And um, and my father's from Montego Bay, somewhere near Creek Street or something like that. And um, I, I've been to both locations. I've been where my father um, lives. I've been around the family there once. Didn't like it too much. So I ended up with my uncle in Montego Bay. I had an uncle that lived in Montego Bay and I was staying with him when I used to go and visit. And um, and I've been in the country because my grandfather used to live out in the country part where my mother's from. And I liked it. <laughs> I liked the experience. You know, I got to experience a little bit of what my mother experienced as a child, you know, <laughs> you know, running through the streets, walking, this, that. Um, going to like Catadupa Square there where the train line you know, the train station is, and there used to be a store there. Um, Miss, I think her name was Miss Little Shop or something, where you could go and buy anything, basically anything you needed. And they had like a little bar area in the back 
I think on weekends, he used to open up for the guys, them to <laughs> have drinks and stuff. And, um, and it was just nice. You know, it was a nice experience. I did get a little bit of schooling. I went to summer school and that was a <laughs> wonderful experience for me. You know, I got the little taste of the Jamaican schooling. Um, it was kind of strange to me because I wasn't used to prayer in the schools because they don't have that here in the States. So, you know, when I heard prayer and morning prayer and afternoon prayer and evening prayer, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in church. <laughs> but it was nice. It was a nice experience. And, you know, it was at the time the kids who were there, you know, they had a little... <laughs> Thing to accept me at first because they kind of called me the rich American girl which I told them I'm not rich <laughs> I said, if anybody's rich is my parents you know I said I'm just a school going person I don't work I don't have a job mm -hmm. I don't have money <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just a regular kid you know so but they didn't believe in that they just think you come from America you got money it was a nice experience I did love it that I was able to go to school out there for for that summer it, it was nice i did enjoy my time just a reminder folks that this program is brought to you by inner sanctum entertainment ltd and accessible technology solutions this program is produced and managed by sidnesizer studios in kingston jamaica if you need instrumentals recording mixing or mastering maybe a music video photo shoot or graphic designing Need Bouncy Castle's face painting, popcorn, cotton candy, or characters for the kids? Want to do online or offline promotion? Maybe both. Let's print your t-shirts and everything else. Here at Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, we got you covered. Reach us on FB and Instagram at Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD, YouTube at Inner Sanctum Entertainment, and Twitter at iSanctum Studios. Or call us at 1-866-338-4123. That's 1-866-338-4123. You mentioned that you lost your sight and part of it had to do with uh, your kidney, your, your, your kidney failure, where you were at work and you noticed some things happening. Tell us about your work life and then tell us about how that happened at work. The morning when it when when I um, when I realized it, I decided to go in because I was sick in the beginning. I think like. Um, OK, it was a new year. Right. So I think like December or somewhere around there, I got sick or maybe it was after I went to Poughkeepsie that year. Um, I got sick and I was out for like maybe two, three weeks. And I decided to crawl into work because I was getting bored at home. And I said, let me try to go in and see if I could <laughs> do some work. And I went in and I was turning on my computer and I'm like seeing nothing come up on the screen. And I keep asking people, is the computer on? And they said, yeah, the computer's on. So I said, okay, I'm not seeing nothing. So I tried the next computer where my friend usually sit because she didn't come in yet. And I did the same thing, turned it on. I asked my other friend who was there. He said, yes, the computer's on. I said, well, why am I not seeing it? And he said, I don't know. And he said, Francine, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. I said, I can't see anything. And he said, you sure? I said, yeah. So he went into one of the doctors that we work for and he told her what was going on. And she called me, yeah, see, 
Dion. I said, oh, here we go. So I went in her office and I'm telling her what's wrong. She said, Francine, she said, you, 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 she said, did you ever had this before? I said, no. I said, I just can't see anything good. And I said, I don't know what's the matter. So she says, okay. She said, we're going to run some tests. I said, okay. So um, I went to the central accession area where they take blood and stuff. So I went over there and they took my blood and they came back with me to the the results and told me that my creatinine level was high. So, of course, I didn't know what that meant. (laughs) So she explained to me and she said, if I have problem with my kidney, I said, I don't know. I don't know if I do. She said, you need to go to the doctor, Francie. You got to go. I said, oh, why? I don't want to go to the hospital. And she said, you got to go to the hospital, Francie, and somebody got to check you out. I said, oh. I said, all right, fine. So I told her, could I call my husband and let him know that I'm going so he don't worry, you know, when he don't see me come home. He's not worried. And she said, yes, go ahead and call him. And I did. And I got the boss or whatever to find him and he came to the phone I said to him that they're sending me to the hospital because I said something's wrong and I said my eyesight something's wrong with it and I'm going to go see what's wrong he said okay he said he'll call me back later I said all right I went to the hospital and I went in there maybe like January 14th and they said to me that I lost some of my sight, some of the nerves in my eyes damaged. And I said, oh, and they said, yes, that's why I'm seeing what I'm seeing. And I said, oh, I said, okay. And then they said, my kidneys failed. And I was like, really? And they said, yes, I was there for about six weeks. I stayed in there for six weeks for them to find out what was wrong and for them to finally I first started with a catheter that's what they used to hook me up to the machine to do the dialysis at first and that was not easy because I had like almost five or six of those catheters and I had them in different different places which was treacherous (laughs) by itself but I survived that thank god I survived all that (laughs) and amen then eventually I got the access in my arm I got a fistula in my right arm at first Mm -hmm. and it worked for a while and then it failed. So then I had to get a graph. No, I got the graph first, but the first graph I got failed. So then they gave me the fistula in the other arm. Then after a while that failed (laughs) and then I got a new graph, which worked until now. So it was, uh, Tanny, it was a lot. It was it was a lot at that time. So much to take in. You have been with this for what nine, ten years? Yes, yes. I, so I, I was to on... that point where sometimes you felt like giving up. Sometimes you felt like losing hope. Sometimes no. you don't know what to do. Uh, no, no, Tanny, no. I I honestly did not feel that way because I put God first in everything. Amen. I do. And now you're about to make me cry now. Yes, I put God first because I know that he'll never leave me or forsake me, yes. Tanny. I know. Yes. And yes. 
I always believe that he wanted me here for a reason. Yes. In spite of what I went through. Right. I heard when I was in recovery at the time, because at the, at the time, like I said, when they gave me the the machine for the dialysis, the mm-hmm. catheter, they also put a a VP shunt in my head as well. Oh, tell us about that. And, um, yes, they, they also put a VP shunt because uh, they said that I was retaining water. Oh, wow. And they needed that to um, use that to drain whatever water's in my head at the time. I found out that the nerves got damaged in my eyes and whatever side I have right now, <laughs> they tell me, you know, I just said, well, I'll pray on it, you know, and keep myself going with it. And um, so I had the VP shunt put in because I had to shave off because I had the dreads when I went in there and I had to shave off half my dreads <laughs> for them to put it in. When I did look in a mirror and see it, I mean, yes, people told me too, but I kind of saw it a little bit for myself in the mirror. I was like, what did they do to me here? <laughs> That's what I said. Because half of my hair was still there. You know, half the dreads were still there, you know, tied up in a string and the other half was shaved off. <laughs> so... I was looking crazy for the last few weeks of my hospital stay. But by the time I got out, um, my husband cut the rest of my dreads off and he shaped up my hair. (laughs) He has talent. So everybody at my church liked it, but I didn't. (laughs) So I went through it for a while. And then as soon as it started to grow back, then I started to twist it again and get my dreads back slowly. So now the, the dreads I have now is, is the result of that. Take us to that point where you heard that a kidney is on the way for you. Tell us that moment. I had a first attempt. And the first attempt was 2019. It was May 2019. That was the first attempt. They said that they had a kidney for me. They called me like nine o'clock at night telling me they need me to come to the hospital. I said, really? I said, y'all know what time it is? Nine o'clock <laughs> at night? Said, yes, that was the first attempt. Jeez. They called me nine o'clock at night to tell me that they had a kidney for me. I said, okay. I said, well, what am I supposed to do? They said, oh, you got to get ready to come. got to come now. I said, really? I said, it's nine o'clock. And they said, yes, but we need you to come now. I said, okay. But they said, we're still testing the kidney. I said, you're still testing the kidney? They said, yes. I said, okay. I got ready. My husband got up. And, you know, he called the driver to bring us there. By the time the driver arrived to bring us there, they called me back. And they said, false alarm. Don't come. I said, really? (laughs) I said, really? (laughs) And they said, don't come because they said the kidney was no good. They said it was from a 23-year-old that had a gunshot wound. And the person had syphilis and gonorrhea. I said to the lady on the phone, I said, listen, lady, I said, that is not of God. I said, God did not send me that kidney. Trust me. And she laughed. (laughs) And she said, Miss Campbell, you're the first person ever said that. I said, no. I said, that kidney is not of God. I told her that. 
I said to her, because she thought I was sad. I said, no, no, miss, I'm not sad. Because I know that God has a better kidney for me. That's what I told her. And I said, if I have to go back and wait, I will wait. I said, that's what, you know, they say in church, they say that in the Bible somewhere. I said, they say, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he will strengthen your heart. And I told her, I will wait. I don't mind being on dialysis. It's all well and good. As long as it keeps me alive until I get my kidney, I don't mind going back. Let me tell you, Great. you have to make yourself happy, Tanny. That's that's what you got to do. Oh, my God. That's what I did when I was in that dialysis chair. Believe me, I had my good days there. I had my bad days. Mm-hmm. I had days when I used to pass out mm-hmm. in the chair. And they have to revive me and all of that. And, or I don't feel well, or I get sick or whatever. They give me oxygen that I know. They give me oxygen and I think they do like maybe pump my chest or whatever, you know, to make sure I'm breathing. And then they freaked out because I passed out. And they know, you know, I heard them crying. I thought I woke up hearing them crying and I was like, what's wrong? (laughs) And it was like, you passed out on us. I said, I did. And they was like, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pass out on y'all. <laughs> and they was like, this happened to you before? I said, yeah, it happened to me before. You know, because one, I was having problem with the, the 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 blood pressure medications. That was one of the problems I was having right. because they were giving me right. high dosage. And when they give me the high dosage, it used to make me pass out. So the doctor told me to stop taking it. And he said that he would just monitor my pressure. And I was mm-hmm. off the medicine for a while. I, I was off the blood pressure pills for a while. And I just tried to watch what I eat and monitor what I eat. <laughs> they used to call me the life of the party <laughs> in dialysis. I mean, you're there for four hours, three days out of the week. And you had to make the best of it. You understand? You had to make, you can't Solomon, you can't cry. Yes, a lot of people might cry and complain, but I never did. You know, if I make a complaint, they all stand there to hear it because I don't really make noise. I don't really yell at nobody. And when they see me yelling at people, it's something very wrong. So, you know, like I said, it's a lot that you go through going to dialysis. It wasn't an easy road, but I made it that the day when I sat there waiting to go in, I got the call and the hospital called me and said, Miss Campbell, I think we got good news. I said, okay, <laughs> what is it? And she said, got a new kidney. She said, we got a kidney for you. I said, oh, I said, really? I said, what's the story on this one? <laughs> and she started to laugh and she said, this one is from a live donor. I said, oh. <laughs> and she said, yes. She said, there was a person, it was a young lady. She was 32 years old. And she said she wanted to donate her kidney to somebody. And I was the recipient of that kidney. I said, are y'all kidding me? And they said the person was very healthy. No issues, no nothing, Tanny. I said, now that is what I want to hear. <laughs> and I said, now that is of God. That's what I said to her. And she laughed. She said, okay, Miss Campbell. I said, no. I said, no. 
you don't understand what I'm saying. I said, that is the kidney that God sent for me. He sent that person to donate one of her kidney that I could get it. I said, that is a move of God. I got there March 12th. I got there by one like they asked me to, but they didn't come and get me till about three. And then I heard they didn't start the surgery till five (laughs) o'clock. So I heard they said there were complications, but they fixed everything. And I didn't get back to my room till one in the morning, 1 a.m. So they said yes, because of the complications that was going on. But the surgeon fixed everything. I'm good to go. Blah, blah, blah. And I was in the room and, you know, they work with me gradually. I had this ball hanging from my side. It was a drain ball. That's supposed to drain the excess liquid from around the kidney. And I had that for about a month. Ugh, praise God. So much I had to deal with. Now that you've got the transplant, now tell us life now. You know. Oh, girl. <laughs> praise the Lord, girl. I am free. <laughs> I could imagine. I am I can so imagine. free. Praise God. I came home. After the 10 days, I think, after 10 days, I got home. I came home with the dream ball and stuff. You know, they make their visits, you know, whatever. And and eventually, when I kept going in, you know, for my appointments, you know, at some point, they ended up moving the dream ball. Girl, I danced around that room. (laughs) When they removed that dream ball. I danced because I couldn't sleep good with it. I had to sleep certain ways that I don't squeeze the ball, that I don't squeeze myself, this and that. And finally, girl, it, I was free of that ball and I could sleep anyhow I wanted to sleep. Amen. It was a blessing. Yes. And now when I realized, because they said maybe at times I would have had to go back to dialysis, maybe for maybe a few days or whatever. I didn't have to go back. Amen. I did not. Oh my goodness. This is I did not have to go back to dialysis. I said my farewells. I did miss everybody though. I did miss all the workers, the people that work with me. They miss me. I miss them. And I was glad to get out of that place. I was so glad because then the corona became rampant. You know, mm-hmm. so I was kind of glad that I got out of there when I did, right on time. Yes, right on time. both, both places, both the diocese and the hospital. Awesome. We are out of time. But yes. Francine, you want to say hi to anybody out there in the world? Well, <laughs> I just like to say hi to my husband, <laughs> who is the, you know, my lifeline, my all Aww. in all, my best friend, <laughs> my only friend <laughs> at times. You know, and my daddy. Those are the two men of my life, my daddy and my husband. And also my brothers and sisters who support me from afar. (laughs) You know, they're in other states or other country, you know. So, and and of course, and a cousin of mine that lives in the Bronx. I love him too. He's my favorite cousin. Thank you. Okay. 
Awesome. There you have it, folks. Mrs. Francine Campbell Richards, originally from Jamaica, but resides in the United States of America. I was originally born here in Brooklyn, New York, just Thank to correct you. Um, yes, I, yes, I was born here in Brooklyn. Yes, yes, but my parents are from Jamaica. Yes. yes. <laughs> Life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. <laughs>